Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show. We will discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's Across the Park. We could call it a bit of a post-derby special. There's only four of us this week. Myself and Judgy for the Blues, Gary and Phil for the Reds. We're losing Teddy and Craig this week, but we'll do our, do our best to dissect the derby. We've got some social media Q&A and also preview the weekend's games as well. I know Gary and Phil aren't too happy with the, the result yesterday. It's two points dropped for mm. the Reds, but Judgy, start with you. For me, that was, that was a really good result, but more importantly as well, a performance, which I've been calling out for, a fight, tempo, determination. It was all there yesterday for Everton. Absolutely, yeah, and, and and it came in a derby game, which is which is when really, you know, we we expect those types of performances more more than you know more than any time. I think our our fans were, were desperate to to see something for, from the players in that way. Um, I, I said actually in the in the build up to it or in the the pre match uh, podcast that we had seen signs of it against the likes of Huddersfield away and and Cardiff away where we we you know we've won those battles early on. But we haven't really done it apart from ch- the Chelsea away game. We haven't really done it against the decent sides. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you you could say, and you, you certainly could say that at times there was a bit of a lack of ambition. But again, I, I said it building up to the game, and I, not too many people agreed with me that the best way we were gonna, you know, be successful there was to not go and chase things down, not go at them the way we did at Anfield. There was no way that that side. Mm with the, the results they've had going into the game and the lack of confidence was going to have the conviction to pull off that type of game plan. Well, a big talking point that we've had on the show from a blue point of view was, especially me and, and sometimes Craig as well, have been we've got to set up differently against certain teams. Marco Silva, to, to me, had to prove that he can now adapt to certain situations. A point at home to, you know, whether it's Liverpool or not, that the first or second team in the league is a good result for a team like us who are, who are trying to break into that, you know, top six or be best of the rest of the world and finish seventh this season. So from that point of view, it was really pleasing. What I will mention as well is, 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 is I can't go on without saying the fans, including, you know, give ourselves a pat on the back there. The fans were so good yesterday, right up for it. Goodison, I haven't seen Goodison like that for a while, even before the game where they, they cut the Everton tunes off before before the um, the, the Tony Bellew sirens. Whoever made that decision, you know, got me up. I, I texted my wife. I was saying to the wife in the morning time, you know, I'm I'm sorry for coming in late and I'm going to be upset as always. And then I texted her during the sirens and they went, they've got me again. Every, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. And, I was, and the crowd was so good, weren't they? Yeah, the club, the club played the blinds. From that perspective, they knew and, and maybe the manager knew and, the, and and everyone around the club knew that, you know, going into the game, the, the fans were going to dictate the way that the players responded. And every one of the players to a man, you know, commented on it, didn't even the manager yeah. said, you know, it, that was the way Goodison should be week in, week so, out. And so, it, so did that feeling of dread that you might have had going into the game, did that disappear? Excitement, it became excitement, yeah. didn't it? it and it anticipation. Because all week we've been sort of, even privately saying, you know, we, if things go bad, if Liverpool turn up, we're not, deluded enough to realise that we wouldn't be in for a really tough afternoon and even in the morning we were having a few or say late morning early afternoon we got together had a few pints and mm. 
you know, he seems to get more into it. The team news came out and we had a good chat over that and we, we said that's maybe not a bad way to contain Liverpool. Richarlison not starting was a, was a big surprise, but, you know, brave call. And then once you get in there and, and you just you see your team, I didn't think your team was as strong as it could be. <laughs> Seeing Origi on there for me was a bit yeah. of a boost. I'd be more, mm. you know, nervous if you had the usual front three of Firmino. Uh, Mane and Salah but, but moving on to the Reds me and Judge have said there we thought it was a good good result and performance for us flip side for you Phil yeah and we obviously we felt it was a really um, disappointing performance by by Liverpool we I think we were very reserved um, in our approach to that game we didn't we didn't show any ambition um, we didn't show any ambition or Klopp didn't show any ambition with it with the starting lineup I think it was very cautious team selection which we'll, we'll dissect in more detail you know shortly um, I don't think his substitutions showed any ambition, and we didn't, and the players didn't show much ambition during the game. So it felt like Liverpool were, were our own biggest downfall yesterday. I know that's something that you agree with. Yeah, my my biggest when I come when, when the game finished, my immediate reaction was I was fuming, I was gutted, I, I thought thought they badly let the fans down and stuff. But on on second thoughts, looking at the game, we had chances there to win the game. It's it's not like it's not like we we hadn't done anything at all. Salah's had two, one really good chance where Keane Keane gets back and makes the challenge. Fair play to Keane, but Salah shouldn't even be giving him the opportunity to get back there. And then he's got the one where in in the f- in the first few first few minutes or first ten minutes or something where he, he sort of cuts inside and then goes inside, goes back outside and then tries to kill one, but it goes straight down and keeps us out. In in past times, that's gone in the far top corner. Mm-hmm. And then you've you've got the one late on where Fabinho it comes off his knee, better touch there, and that's a free shot of goal in the, in the six yard box. So the. There was chances there for us to win the game, and and it's more disappointing for me that we haven't been able to take one of them in, in the situation that we're in. That's what City have done the last two games. I, I think from an Everton point of view, there, there was chances for you, and there was times in there that I was nervous. You, you seem to have corner after corner for a fifteen minute spell, and you know I've won a bit. That's, that's what you pieces. want. You know, I, I was sweating cobs. Said there, me and Judgey met up for a pint before the game yesterday. We all met up for a pint after it, like we, like we always mm. do. And, and what I said to you guys is, I thought you were anxious. Is that fair? <sighs> I, I mean. <clears throat> Did the players look anxious to me? I, I'm not sure that that was the reason. No, I, mean, I don't think it was. I think, you know, there I'm wasn't there wasn't that fluidity, was there? The no, ne- there the wasn't ne- the fluidity. We never looked like we were chasing shadows. Like mm. I thought, Salah teams early on, Salah issues. started like I, I when when he first, his first few little involvements in the game, I thought, oh, he's on it here. He's a baddie. I did. I thought. I thought he looked like he uh, not his best, but on his way to being at, at his best. But uh, obviously, it didn't pan out that way. Quick players quickly. with the movements and quality of Salah though will always get. 10 minutes out of Dinier because he's an attacking fullback and he's a young attacking fullback and mm. he remember Chelsea away he got caught out two or three times didn't he yeah. and then suddenly he clocked onto it and as the game wore on I think Salah got less and less space in that area of the pitch but I um, think you're right Gary if, if, if Salah takes that first chance I think it's a different game yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that if it was different, it, it could have been a very different game. But that's like, the weather I, conditions. It's, uh, <laughs> we'll go um, there later. Yeah, but but also be, get there before you did. I, I, I know, Gary, you'll admit yourself, you're a very positive Liverpool oh, fan. Yeah. Y- if you didn't try and put a positive spin on this, you know, we'd all be crying our eyes out. So I appreciate that. But to counter a little bit what you said, like it's it's almost impossible to go through a game of football without having a chance, no matter who you are. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, we did have chances. And if we were to put them away, you might have looked at Klopp's team selection and Liverpool's general performance and gone, stroke a genius, because in the end, it was all comfortable. Everton didn't have too many opportunities. It was a look, dead professional, 2-0, uh, 
and and we and we haven't been which we've we done a lot of at the start of the season. But on the team selection there though, just jump yeah. in there, Irigi. I mean, I understand you've done a little bit of a, maybe a, a tester in the week against Watford for Irigi, but for me, it wasn't so was much anonymous. a tester. He was anonymous. It wasn't so much a tester. That was more he had to play someone because he, for me, no was injured. But he didn't even. Well, why not play Shakiri? I mean, you may agree with that, but he did. If he was there to counter Seamus Coleman running forward, he didn't even do that. No, to me, he was Sha- your worst player. The Shakiri argument is he's, every game he started for us this season, bar the Southampton one early on, which he got dragged off at half time, he's been poor. He's only really had a, a big impact when he's come on off the bench, which uh, I can't believe uh, he never came on off the bench. There's, there's a theme that's, that's knitting all this together, and it's, it's, it's the caution. Of of Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. So we're talking about nerves. The fans being nervous, not so much. The players being nervous, not so much. But I think you could label it at Jurgen Klopp. I think that, that's what Terry was saying. No. After yeah, the that game, is Terry's it? general point. Yeah, but um, in terms of how we set up and how we play, that's all caution. It's it's cautious. Now, don't get me wrong. This this caution that Liverpool have shown and Jurgen Klopp have shown this season. It, you know, we don't press anywhere near like we used to last season. That's caution. But that exact approach has put us in this position to, t- to fight for this yeah, title. Absolutely. However, and don't get me wrong, um, Jose Mourinho won titles with that approach, yeah. but that wasn't in the Man City era. In the Man City era, you've got to get more points to, to win the league than you used to have to. So in, in this era, you need to take more risk. And playing Shakiri, Gary, we all know that he leaves a few gaps in, in behind, and so does Naby Keita. But, you know, fair enough when you're playing United, as, t- as Terry said, because they, you know, t- to inform team in the league higher up, more world-class players than Everton and that type of thing. When you're playing Everton, no disrespect at all, but mid-table team, not a free-scoring team, problems at the back. Why why should Liverpool be cautious in a game like that? I'm not saying we should have been cautious, but based on the Watford game, you couldn't discount Origi getting getting the nod. But he played him out on the left against Watford and he had a great game. Well, well, he, well, Armani, Armani had a great game through Our the game middle. against Tottenham maybe got done 6 2. It was Son, wasn't it? He played in between Coleman and Keane and he causes a nightmare. I think Marnie could have done that yesterday. I'm really, I'm really unhappy with the Origi selection. Mm-hmm. I, I know the Liverpool fan base going into that game, the people I spoke to, I don't know about you, Gary, but it was 50 50. Half the people wanted Origi to retain his place. That's because he played all right against Man U, but the way I look at it. Watford, sorry, um, but the way I look at it, your best eleven, play your best eleven if you can. Mm. And Firmino's ma- yeah, in a different what, what's league annoying altogether. to me about it was the fact that if, if Firmino's fit enough to be on the bench and come on with half an he's hour fit. to go, he's fit playing he's fit. playing for sixty minutes. Yeah. If he's only got that in his legs, put him put him on for sixty minutes and then bring I, Rigi If anything, Origi's probably going to be more effective yeah. off, off the bench where he's yeah. going to get Fresh more legs. spaces. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's fast and all. And that. he's quick and yeah. strong. And and I think what the one statistic that kind of summarizes or sums up what you're talking about there is seven draws, isn't it? Absolutely. Only Southampton have drew more games now than using the Premier League. You'll find over the years where we've kind of been trying to have a little push for the title, what ruins us is the, the draws. It's never how many we lose. Last time last time we only lost two games in the, in the whole season. And, and the most successful manager in Premier League history was a big believer in, in forgetting about draws. He used to th- he used to ca- Sir Ferguson used to throw the kitchen sink at it when it was 0-0 or 1-1 and he believed that over the course of the season, if you go for wins, your three points obviously are going to mean yeah, eliminate like, three draws, aren't yeah, they? It's, it's simple mathematics, yeah. and I'm sure our listeners are capable of it, but if you have two games, you go for it in both of them, you win one, it's three points. Exactly, if yeah. you're cautious and you draw both, it's two. <laughs> Ferguson mm. knew that better than anyone, and he'd have four strikes. You know, talk about Fergie time, and man, you always scoring in the last minute. It wasn't because no he was in with the ref or whatever, or the FA or whatever. A little bit of that, but it was more because... It was definitely a bit Yeah, of it. That, that was <laughs> maybe a couple of minutes, but... They always managed to get that. Even you could have played ten minutes there, Liverpool wouldn't have scored. It, it's it's 
it's the fact that Ferguson used to have four, five freaking strikers on, and they'd be coming in waves. That, that was my gripe with, with the Lallana sub. Ironically, yeah, we had we had more forward players in the pitch at the end of the game. Yeah, you I just did. looked more get, ambitious. I just didn't get that Lallana sub. And it's not even... And I'm, I'm not Lallana's biggest fan. I don't, I don't want him to play for us anymore. But... It wasn't. It's not even that. It's the fact that we're nil-nil in the game. We know we have to win to go back above City. Otherwise, it's no longer in our hands for the league. You're taking. All right, Mane didn't have the best game. I'll be the first to admit that he never. But in any given moment, he can create something. He's taking a striker off for He's, a midfielder. And yeah, and and if he, if he took Mane off, I maybe brought Naby Keita on or Shakiri on. I, I maybe wouldn't have been as as. I think the reason why, why it happens is. <laughs> The earlier substitution to that, Milner's come on, and you expect a Milner to play at the at the tip of the midfield as the most focal point. Milner went left mid. Mane went into the ten. Mm. Origi uh, went up front. I don't know if anyone noticed that, mm. but Milner come on in that left attacking position. So because then Mane Firmino went up front because Origi went off. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, but Milner played in the, in yeah. the wide left position. Yeah. Now, because when Milner come on. Because he wanted to bring him on as the 10. That's where Mane was then playing. So for me, I, I would have brought Milner on it much earlier, but I would have played him in the middle. Um, and uh, To be fair, I would have started with Milner in the middle because let's get into the, into the crux of it for the disappointing, disappointment for Liverpool fans. It was the midfield three that started. Essentially, three players were all playing the number six. Yeah. So, but they were playing against two defensive midfielders. Yeah, well, that, that, so was gonna like, be, that was going to yeah. be my point. I mean, we played those two defensive midfielders expecting you to play an advanced midfielder. Yeah. Because one of them was then going to have to look after or screen the ball into feet, which was Mane, because he was going to be the threat of you know dropping into them little gaps. Mm. And the other player was then going to have to try and occupy the, the attacking midfielder. Because you've played three defensive midfielders, it allowed both of them to screen all the time. Yeah. And, and if not, one of them's going to pressure the ball. So we were comfortable. There was times, we were, give, there was times we were giving them the ball, weren't they? Saying, well, come on, then come break us down. We don't, we don't think well, sen- we wanted, centrally yeah, you could break us down. Because we wanted them to become disorganised so we could maybe hit them on the, the day. The Salah chance in the first half was a mistake. I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Zuma, a Zuma touch, plays it into Schneiderlin. Schneiderlin takes a heavy touch, yeah. and, and then it's Fabinho's and, and first broke, touch pass. And, and, yeah, and you broke. But apart from that, you didn't break us down, especially from central well, areas. Well, like, we, we weren't never going to with that midfield. That mm. midfield, when they play together, they don't create many many opportunities. As soon as we all seen the team, we all said, "Well, this isn't going to this isn't going to be a free scoring Liverpool team." I, I immediately knew my final prediction was down. I'll tell you yeah, that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is, though, we said it the week before about Man United. And, and I said the analogy with Barcelona of every week they're faced with that same conundrum if they've got 10 players against them we're all going to sit behind the ball now again the only way to try and break that down is to have more chances is to put more players on the shoulders of the last man use at the most at two players on the shoulders of the last man at, at most of the times well, and I, I think it's just an easy dilemma when, for the when you have that game against Watford midweek yeah. who at, at this moment in time are a better team than, than Everton are we're gonna go there already. <laughs> no, but the, no, but we we no, had, no, we did, yeah, we had yeah, the, yeah, we had this yesterday and yeah, and yeah. but, but they are yeah, smell a Twitter poll coming but, in. But they are at, at this very moment in time, we beat them five 0 All right, the, it was at Anfield. Yeah. It was at Anfield, which which is a little bit different, obviously. But why, when you dominate that game the way you did with the players you had, if they're all fit, why did you not just play the same team? I thought we'd finally found the balance between. Do we press? Are we cautious? Should we defend well, more? I thought we finally found the balance. Cops nailed it now. And now we're going to see Liverpool push on. I'm, I'm sorry, Phil. I, I kind of sat there thinking to myself last week after that Wofford game and the way you just described it and the way that you, you reviewed it, the confidence that was oozing out of you talking about the derby. I, mean, I know you didn't watch all 90 think. minutes of that game, though, Judgey. We were absolutely no, I know. fantastic I know, in that I know, game. but it's one game, Phil. And, and for me, I think it was a bit... 
and, and I get what you're saying. You, you played a different eleven, but it was one player, was it? Two. It was. It was one player. No, it was one player oh, sorry, difference. It, was one, it yeah. was one player different, but it's a hell of a difference. Yeah, it's a hell of a difference. It does make a big difference because whereas that one player that that's different was the player that was playing at the tip of the three, who would have been the one who was what you're saying there was have took one of your defensive midfielders up. Surely Either. though, surely my, my argument in this sense is I get what you're saying, and there are three mm. defensive midfielders. Surely one of them's got to have the the, the the quality or the ability at this level to go. Well, I'm just going to go and fucking be fair. Well, yeah. well, why not hold him? Why well, not just score do, goals do you know at Newcastle? He, he, he was a number ten at Newcastle. Gary, yeah, do you know, know what I think? I think Marco Silva plays a blinder because you used to not know how everyone were going to turn up and, play, and play. We played, we played such a certain way for well, so long. Well, that was he, my he's mixed up the past few games. Watford was different. Uh, Man City was different. And Cardiff was different. I think uh, you've looked Mills, at that's gone, what I said. We, we don't really know how everyone's going to set up. If you look at that, this is Anfield article that we've done. What one of my quotes in that is we should just turn up in this game and not worry about it being ever not worry about it being the derby, not even think about how you're gonna play. We should turn up in that game, play our own game and we shouldn't have a problem. It but here's a question then. We, we, had, a, we, never had, done it. we had a listener's question last week and, and um and we will come to it again in the social media. But at the time it seemed like a bit of a a, a non I'm not sure the value of the question was as, as valuable as it is now and they were talking about the atmosphere and, and Klopp's selections being dictated by where he was playing stuff like that do mm-hmm. you think and again Gary you're suggesting he shouldn't have done do you think Klopp was looking at the significance of the game to the fans to the city and thought I need to select this team because of that rather than looking at where I think it was looking, rather than looking at, so okay if we were 10th in the league and we were Watford's for example which is who you played three days before do you think if that was just Watford away, he would have went with the team that you'd expect them to? No, no. You think he's still played that three? Yeah, I do. And I, I just think I don't. I don't. Well, think well if you look at, I think your fans, if you look at your games or your plays, I don't think he, he'll. He, I don't know. I don't know this staff the same. We, we, but has he played the same eleven in, in consecutive games recently? We went through the record, didn't we? Of, of the game, oh, tough games you played, tough games you played away from home. I think you've won one of them, and I'm including the, the Champions League games as well. Yeah, it was so a all like the Chelsea's, yeah, the Tottenham one. So your Chelsea's, your Man City's, your PSG, your Red Star, all the games where it was kind of ooh, it could be a bit tricky. This he's kind of he struggled. He's gone. Now he's I gone cautious in in them team selections and them games. So. I think maybe the derby has had an impact on on, on him going. So he's put us in that category, maybe. hasn't he? Then in yeah, that case, he's, he's set he's set up to play Everton. Well, of he, course, yeah. he's set up for a fight. I mm. think the club uh, and his comments, some of the comments he made towards the end of the game, is I was happy that we that we were able to fight, and on another day the chances wouldn't have gone in, but we were there for the fight. But for me, Milner's like the best fighter in the midfield. If you want, certainly if you want to use that he term, certainly is for us. Yeah. That, that's what. I, that's why I want to build it more than any other reason. The only player in our team who's willing to throw a, throw a boot in, and if you get past them, you, well, you're not what, going any further. That's what you're he did. T- tripping them up. He made a bit of a difference in the fight for Liverpool. On the ball, he didn't make much of a difference. But when we tried to counter, especially with Charleston, Charleston was on the right. Milner was the first one to hit him all the time. Yeah, yeah, he was him out there. It was interesting that because after the game we spoke about it, and I felt. And, and again, I agree with Mills. He's not on the ball, but I felt he made a difference when he come on. Mm. I felt as though he had a bit of Milner. bit of bite to him. Now, he, yeah. he gave a few cheap passes away, albeit, but he was trying to play forwards. Yeah. He, was, he was playing with a bit more agency. It, here's the, the thing, though. It's like Liverpool's midfield, the one, certainly the one that we started with, lacks creativity, which hurts the front three, no matter who they are. If the ball can't get to them. And a lot of people say, like, there's none of them midfielders can play a cute pass, so they haven't got that creativity, or they can't dribble past the man and stuff like that. When you add Milner to, to that midfield three, I'm not really having it too much that 
he's any cuter than Wijnaldum, or he can see a you know a, a through ball better than Wijnaldum. But the thing is, he plays higher up the pitch. He's got he's got the mentality of a more forward thinking player. Whereas Wijnaldum, for all the ability he's got, his mentality is a is a defensive minded first. Let, um, let's not forget, he was a striker. Came through at Leeds as a striker. He's a striker, Milner. Milner he's a striker yeah, yeah, he mentality and he, he presses and he wins the ball so high up. He'll like charge the midfielder and he might pass it back to the left back. He'll charge the left back. Then it'll go to the keeper. He'll charge the keeper. And if you force an error in that area of the pitch, all of a sudden you've got numbers in the that's final That's what third. he was doing yesterday, yeah. That's what he does, but he can't do it as effectively from where he come on on the left wing. That's why I wanted to see him come on centrally in midfield. Soon I said the nail on the head after the game. He, he said, "Them three midfielders. If you're our defence, that's the midfield you want to see because you know you're getting maximum protection. But if you're our attackers, that's not the midfield three you want to see because you're getting no service." And well, he's spot on. In fairness, that was reflected by the game. It was in, it was nil nil or something. Let, let's let's get it right. It was nil nil, and there was very few chances in the game. Our chances came. Again, on the counter-attack where we kind of won, won the ball in the middle of the pitch and managed mm. to break quickly. When you were organised, we weren't really able to break his down because because of that fact. You know, three naturally yeah. defensive midfielders whose instincts were to protect and, and to not allow us to, to get him behind. I think to turn the focus slightly to Everton because yeah. we've discussed Klopp's approach to the ball and yeah. you touched on it, Millsy. Again, I've I, I found myself probably over the last three months more than anyone else desperately defending Silver because mm. I feel as though he's had a bit of a rough deal and he hasn't had... Probably the opportunity to get through a bad patch, an opportunity to shake things up. We spoke about the significance of that 17-day break. I think we've seen a rejuvenated squad of players. And I think a squad of players who've benefited from information, from quality coaching, and, and, and we're starting to potentially see the, the well, benefits. Well, the big of. thing for me is he, he seems to be starting to see what we see. There was, there was such a long period, well, it seems long periods of, of end of December, January, February, where... You know, even you, you said you defend him a lot, which you have. Even you've said sometimes, you know, I, I can't defend that. Yeah, There's yeah. times that we've looked at things and gone, why isn't he changing this? He seems to be doing it now. Maybe the pennies dropped a little bit. The selection yesterday, the substitutes, each substitution was, was brilliant. It Nailed changed, it. It changed the, the tempo of the game each time he did it. Mm. I mean, he, he, to me, it, it, it sums up, he's seeing things we're seeing now, thinking that's a big difference. Yeah, what, I mean... Walcott cut yesterday, first one off. Definitely, and, and look, at that's probably the exception if we're talking about things he's seeing, the fact he's still starting games. But you kind of get it, don't you? Because Bernard at his best is on the left. Yeah. And Richarlison at his best is on the left. But, but Bernard's been playing slightly better than Richarlison, so he, he deserves his place. And look at the chance Walcott Walcott got first Exactly, half, yeah. so he does get chances. We mm. always say that, don't we? He gets a chance, and, and it sums up his career, really, Walcott, in that, in mm. that sentence, doesn't it? That he gets chances, but he, he just hasn't quite got that killer instinct to take them. Now, looking, at, looking again at the... Um, the, the changes he's made in there and, and I mean I said after, even after the Cardiff game I was shocked to see Schneider come in mm. I was sh I was shocked again to see him in the starting lineup yesterday he didn't look the sharpest on the pitch but but again his contribution was still telling wasn't he he made a difference yeah he, he made a difference in relation to helping Seamus Coleman mm. uh, I said it last week when we had uh, Craig on talking the Cardiff game he, he made such a difference in Seamus Coleman's play that Seamus Coleman now seems to more, be more comfortable in going further up the pitch. He wasn't that comfortable with Andre Gomez there because Gomez would sort, would sort of follow him and, and mirror his path, if you will, with Schneider will tuck in. So maybe Schneider's not the best footballer, but in that system we're, we're now playing, he's crucial. That, that position's crucial. Well, then, lads, the 40, sorry, before you move, the 4 2 and we've, we've spoke about it yeah. being played for long periods of time yeah. at Everton. Who's the best two holding midfielders we've had in those, those positions? Yeah, what they're playing there now. Oh, oh, over that time? You yeah. Mean under Silver or... Over no, just over that time. Oh, do you remember? Gareth Barry, James McCarthy. 
Exactly. Both similar to if you, yeah. if you if you look at Guy and Schneiderlin, all right, Guy Guy's a little bit different to both of them, but Barry just covers every blazer cast in mm. the same way that Ghana Guy did. And and McCarthy was combative, he could pass, but he could cover quite well. Now them two do remind me a little bit more, and they allow the other players to go and express themselves. We, we as fans know there's a player in Schneiderland. I, I, I can't remember that many players who've been given that many opportunities. Mm. At one point, he was booed coming on because yeah. we, we knew there was a player in there. The following preseason, he was playing again. He started the season quite well. I, th- I remember he had done a, the assist to homeless Southampton, the quick free kick. He was yeah. part of it. He's part of the team. And Silver's alluded to personal problems, unfortunately. And he seems to be back again now, and the fans are giving him another chance. It's because we know he's such a good player. It, was, it wasn't it was his ability as a footballer. It was his, his energy and, and, and his tempo at times. Sometimes that his temperament, his attitude stunk. Under Sam Allardyce, he, he was yeah. running around. You could basically hear him saying, I don't care here. Yeah, that, that, that was his body language, and, and that seems to have changed now. I, just find, I find it like maybe slightly concerning that when I saw your team, I thought, yeah, these are, the lads are going to be fuming. Your two best players not playing. I thought you were going to be furious. And if you weren't furious at that, that's a bit worrying to me. No, Something's not right there. I'll tell you what, we were in a taxi going to the grounds from um, where we were and the team came out and it was all Evertonians in a taxi. Oh, sorry, Gary, you were there as well. When you and the mm. teams came out and, and we said, you know, God, Schneiderlin's playing again. Um, he's dropped Jagielka and Richarlison's dropped. And all of us sort of said, do you know what, that's... That's fair. That's not bad. That's fine. Well, I said... But isn't that weird? Well, my my comment in the the, the pre-match podcast was that the the one similar... or the one common thread between our poor form has been the form of Richarlison. It's dipped the same way that Mm. our form has, the way our season's gone almost. That game against Cardiff, he was the only player on the pitch who stunk the gaff out for us. Mm. Now, if you're you're trying to turn the corner as a manager, if if you've had, again, two weeks on the pitch where you've got to know your players better, they've got to know you a little bit better, suddenly you turn around again and play that same player, I think you lose some of that. I think Mm. you lose some of that maybe trust and bond you build up with the players. He knows and he knew going into that game he needs the full backing of the, the, the supporters. He needs the full backing of the players. I don't think Richarlison or any other player in that dressing room would have had a problem with them not selecting Richarlison yesterday because they're thinking, above all all else, we, we don't need someone sulking. We need work rate and we need discipline. And, 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 <coughs> and Bernard, to be fair, give, give us both of those things. Yeah. The first time, I think, I might be wrong in this, that he's played 90 minutes, Bernard. If it's not the first time, it's, it's one of only one a handful, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, but again, going back to dropping Richarlison, over the past month, he's also dropped, at times, Gilfie Sigurdsson mm. and Andre Gomez. So he's now he's now developing a backbone in relation yeah. to, my no one's immune. you could be my players, mm. but yet no one's immune. If you're not performing, Tom Davis is sitting there, John Joe Kenny's sitting there for Seamus Coleman, we've got Bernard and Carver Lewin sitting there for you two, and he's starting to do that now, isn't There does seem to be one exception, <laughs> apart from Pickford. That it that does seem to be immune, and whenever he's fit, he plays. Michael Keane. Now, yeah. he was the one player that I think with that lineup, considering the influence that that Jag, Jags had had in the week, we were thinking, why is Jagielka not playing? Why is he not in the starting lineup? Why is he not even on the bench? We look at the performance of Keane, and and fair play, he's rolled his sleeves up, and and he's. I still don't think, and I'm never going to think that he that he's going to be the man who's going to take us forwards. But yeah. fair play to him. He, he did well. He mate. had a good game yesterday. I, I was thinking here. Yeah. Mane against Keane, bring it on. We were oh, thinking yeah. that Everyone as well. Was. Yeah, we were thinking that. Because it never materialised. Michael Keane hasn't got a turn of pace, but also at times he's shown positionally he's not great. But, but yesterday he was getting in the right positions, and I, I don't know whether that's a Phil Jagielka being part of the squad, maybe and working closely from with him. That it could from be something my, to from do a with pool that. perspective. Looking at his performance, I just thought he read the game well. He had to read the game he well because yeah, he can't yeah. react. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, I'm going to throw another little spanner in the works here. Um, try and spoil the silver party a little bit. I'm <laughs> kind of playing devil's advocate, but I think there's something in it. When you played Man City, I said the same thing. I know, Judgy, you played youngsters in that game. It was a different kettle of fish. 
But the point is the same. And I think Everton's bigger test is going to be, if you've got Newcastle next, Newcastle, Newcastle away, away. On Saturday, what can yeah. you do against Newcastle away? Because when, you, when you're getting up for a derby or you're playing Man City and you haven't even really got ambitions to win the game, it's more just like, let's put a good performance in here, let's, let's win the battles, let's compete with them. Let's see if we can get a good result it's out like of it. No we'll one's take expecting them to get anything. Yeah, but from can it. you go and turn over Newcastle now? Because like that's that's Silver's bigger challenge as a manager for me. You've done it against Cardiff, but Cardiff have just had an absolute hide and, and they're probably the worst team in the league. Then you've gone into a derby. <laughs> it's a derby. You you want to fight. Liverpool played poor. We played three defensive mids and you've come out with a, a nil-nil draw. So But you see that Phil, you, you mentioned the big word there was fight. Mm-hmm. We didn't know for the past few weeks or, or maybe six six weeks to two months if we had that fight. Yeah, but he's I think pr- his point pr- is pr- the pr- fact that it's a derby and if you're never going to fight in a, if you're not going to fight in a derby, know, you're never going to fight We didn't know if he had that. He went, he went to Anfield and played football. We've had teams who played no, under I agree good with managers you. who haven't shown fighting in a what derby. I'm is, that's a given. What I'm saying is, I think Phil's point is, now you just need to be able to go and show that against the yeah. other teams that yeah. are around you. I completely agree. Not fight, actually. Not even fight, quality. Quality now. Yeah, no, I know, but... I don't doubt we've got that. I think now, it, it, I said it after the break, It was, and I said it actually before the derby, it, it's almost like, a f- not a fresh start, but if we were to start from now and go, okay, well, let's build on that nil-nil into Liverpool, he can't try and go back to the way we were playing at the start of the season because the team aren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. Not only the fact that the personnel is different, but also because of the fact that, again, confidence is still in the attacking end of the pitch isn't high. We, we haven't got players who are really firing. You know, we need Richarlison to be playing well again. We need him to get to play himself back into form. Now, personally speaking, I don't think we'll see a much different side playing Newcastle. And also, personally speaking, I don't think, and I expect the mentality to not be too much different in the sense that Newcastle are actually, aside from the, the West Ham results, have done okay. There's a yeah, bit yeah. of a renaissance there. There's a bit of confidence, particularly at, at St. James's Park, where they've won the last few games there. They're confident. They're flying. Mm. I think we've got to show them the same level of respect that we're showing you is their front three are probably playing as well as your front three and that, that sounds a bit of a mag, yeah. mad statement but Not that hard at the moment no but we, we've got to show them the same level of respect that, that we've shown you and we've got to accept that we're still not a team that's playing well enough to go in there go go up to Newcastle and, and go and try and roll them over easily I think mm. we're going to start to play 45 minutes like I think we've done under Silverwell 45 minutes solidly and then you know for the last 30 minutes if you like try and, try and be a bit more well, adventurous it goes back to going back to adapting to, to different styles of play that you're going to come up against, and that's what I've been calling for. Your, your point there is, is: can we go and do it at Newcastle? Can he can he adapt? Mm. Can he can he look at that and say, right, we've had City and Liverpool at home, who are the two best teams in the league. Newcastle aren't, so he may say to Snyderland, "You're out for Gomez." He may say, "Tom Davis, you're back in." If he does that again, he's looking at adapting to the opposition. I think the the question's a bit early to ask. I, I think I'd like to think he can go to Newcastle. Maybe I dis- disagree with Judge a little bit. I think he, c- he should be able to change it a little bit. I would like to see his sit back as much and play on the counter at Newcastle. There's probably times in the game you will do that against any home team, regardless of you know where they are in the league. But I would like to see us take yeah. the game more to Newcastle. I, I'm just thinking if you if you guys have got aspirations of finishing seventh, this is what what I think they've got to do now. They've, they've got they've got to I think at least win. I think it's more likely to to see a change such as Richarlison for Walcott and Calvert Lewin goes outright. Yeah. yeah, on the right hand side. So I wouldn't like to see Calvert Lewin come out to the side, but I, I equally 
don't want to see Bernard come out the side for Charleston because Bernard doesn't, doesn't deserve that. I think if you make that type of change, I don't think it's going to be a game Newcastle, against Newcastle where we're going to have to play long and he's going to have to hold the ball up. We are going to have moments where we're going to have good possession of the ball just because Rafa does that. He'll, he'll happily concede possession. Yeah. He'll sit a little bit deeper. We are going to need more of our attacking players to, to be on the ball. I'm not sure he'll drop Schneidlin just because I, I, I just still, th- still think the way that they counter... And and what you were pointing out before that Schneiderland does cover Seamus Coleman. I was going to say yeah, because he covers uh, Seamus Coleman so well. I th- I still think he might start the game and maybe Gomez comes into it. You're right, say about Bernard. Bernard needs a run now. He's he's been a bit indifferent. He's he's been getting taken out, brought on, brought off, brought on, brought off, taken out. He now needs to play the remainder of the season for me. The one thing I can say about Bernard is he's, he's an inch too short. That chance yesterday mm. where, he, where he reached out for it, yeah, Gascoigne, Euro 96 esque. There's also one where he, he ran with the ball from the left, wasn't it? I mean, he was screaming, shoot, and his decision making wasn't quite there. But there's an absolute creative player in there. And for us to do anything going forward, he needs to be in the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming back to the game, because we are going to obviously preview preview the other games. I mean, the two players that stuck out for me uh, in your in your performances yesterday because there weren't a great deal of players that stood out nope. with, with Van Dyke and Trent I mean Trent played the game like he been, uh, like he played 500 league games he looked I most mean, comfortable yeah he did but I mean the only thing I'd say about Trent um, is that against Watford he, he plays like David Beckham and I was hoping to see that carried on into the derby took a couple of good corners a couple of really poor corners but his crossing weren't at the same level no, was it not even a little and bit. I thought that was going to be a major one threat. thing I would say about that though um in, in his defence, is that against Watford and I watched the crosses back and I watched the goals, yeah. he's flooded the box. He did. He had big targets in there, he had many hits. And yeah. if you compare him to Beckham, and, and Beckham to his credit was one of the few players I've ever watched and still to this day, who didn't just whip a ball in. He looked up, picked a man out and whipped a ball in. Mm. I looked at the moments that Trent had the ball and I watched most of the game back today. The moments they actually had it, and he's lifting his head up. You've got one man against four at yeah. times, and, and it's like no matter how good your cross is, it'll never look good unless someone's actually. And it would have been a, a, a short man as well. At yeah, that, at that. yeah. So uh, yeah, but no. So yeah, point taken. Um, I think in possession, I think how aggressive he was off, but but not giving silly fouls away because mm. that was something I said going into the game. We'll look to try and win fouls. Yeah, yeah. Bernard's a tricky player to play against yeah. like that because he ducks and dives. He allows them to go past them a few times, thinking, you know what, I know where you're going. You're going nowhere. You're going inside. Mm. And you're Running into the traffic, he was mature in his performance off the ball, and he just looked comfortable on the yeah. ball. When you get it, when you get a game like that from Trent, he does look like, as you're describing, like he's had 500 league games under his belt. <coughs> but do, do you do get? I was not not that I'm ever worried about him because I've seen him, I've seen him do it against the the best in the world last season in the Champions League and stuff. But you do get that old game where just consistency, isn't yeah, it? But that, that, but that comes age. with with yeah, that yeah. that is it. But he no, just needs more experience. I, I do think you're right to highlight his, his uh, maturity in that performance yesterday. But um, I've got a little bit of a negative topic to touch on Liverpool wise in a second. But before I do, let, 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 let's praise Van Dijk. <laughs> Van Dijk to me is like you've cloned real Ferdinand with Jamie uh, Carragher. Can I just ask the Blues, did you realise yesterday more than you understood before? Where, where me did you take it to a new level Where for me you? and Judge sit is in the park end, so behind the goal. And there was times in the in the, in the the first half where he was just walking over to Matip. 
helping Matt up and then walking back to where he, he should he be like it, the back nothing, like it was nothing. He literally yeah. is the back in, in the middle of the game, though. <laughs> yeah. We're in possession. Things are going on. He's going over, giving him a nudge, telling him something, coming back, then bringing the ball down his chest seconds later. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he'd been watching the ball the whole time. I mean, It's like he doesn't even break a sweat during the game, yeah. isn't it? It's his incredible reading of the game and his, and his game intelligence yeah. is second to none for me. And I know, look at where he is to talk about the Blues, but you've got to appreciate the top player when you see one. And I, I used to, I grew up on my dad kind of going on about how good Hanson was despite mm. some of the boss centre-backs we had and, and, and he described him in the same type of ilk of you know it, it looked like he was playing the game on his own little level do you know I, what I mean I, I, I mentioned Jamie Carragher there the reason I say that is because there was a moment in the in the second half and I've watched the highlights back where I think Fabinho lost Sigurdsson and we got him down the right and nearly got in mm. and Van Dijk was roaring at Fabinho and, mm. and the commentator actually said Van Dijk is literally playing as a one-man defender at times or, or he, he must feel like he's yeah. playing he had that character in him where he was roaring at someone and you know he's got everything he's got uh, the, height, the, height, the, the, the real Ferdinand if you will of the height and, and the, the aggression and things that yeah. like Rio had as well I, al- I always come back to the Troy Deeney quote about Van Dijk yeah. when he got asked about him he, he said it's, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a bit here but he says something like um, he's, he's good in the air, he's quick, he's strong, he's good positioning, he, and then he ends it off with, and he smells, smells lovely. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I took some stick on the radio at 30 because I made the comment that even I could play next to Van Dijk in defence for Liverpool, but you kind of see what I mean, though. Like, oh, he yeah. talks you through the game, like, he makes everyone around him so much better. Well, Phil, you've said there you want to move on to a negative point. Before well, before you do, I just yeah. want to say to Judge, you're talking Van Dijk there. Our Twitter timeline was, was full of comments that, in the first half especially, Calvert-Lewin, played on Van Dijk post and Matter, but me and you had a conversation last night and that was more to stop Liverpool breaking down the right, wasn't it? Because if we lost the ball on Matter, they were in on Salah. So it was a concealed e- concealed effort by Everton not to sort of give them the chance to, to go down the right-hand side. If we lost it on the left, we, we, we were covered, weren't we? I'd like to think so, but but I think I think we can say that. But then after 30 minutes, I don't know if it was Silver who'd done it or Pickford who'd done it or just the decision between Calvert-Lewin and Walcott... But he just got sick of it and went and stood by Robertson. Mm. I, I don't know why we didn't just do from from the goal kicks and stuff like that. I don't know why we didn't just do that anyway. Because at least we got half a chance of winning something. So you mean your, your striker was man marking Bandai? No, <laughs> I, I think it was, I, I think Calvert-Lewin's never going to win a lot of headers. He's not that kind of player. He's, he's quite weak despite being tall. But I think if Matip won a lot of balls, you were more of a threat down the Salah side than you were down the Urigi side. And, and I think yeah. Van Dijk did, did win a lot of balls, yeah, but it was only going to Urigi, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, so. I understand, yeah. I'd be honest, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that theory. I, I get what you're saying. and There might have been something in that, but I think the fact that half an hour in, Walcott came inside and then Calvert-Lewin went on to Andy Robertson's yeah, side. Changed, it might have changed. Listen, this yeah. is pointless, this, because it, it was that, it was embarrassing. It, and it sounds, it sounds, it sounds insulting considering we've just praised Van Dijk to the level that we had. But literally there was balls going there and, and Calvert-Lewin was giving everything, yeah. trying to like run and jump. And Van Dijk just, just step, step back yeah. and just <laughs> chest it down and walk away from it. I was like, come on, mate. Can I do a bit better than that? I mean, uh, he, he reads the game so well that I think your point there of man marking him is probably a better thing to do. If you stay close <laughs> to him, you know you're going to be close to the ball at least because yeah. he reads it so well. Um, okay, so this question, I don't want the listeners to think it's my opinion, um, although I do think it deserves asking. Salah, Gary, is he a big game player? Well, record says that he's not, doesn't he? This season anyway. Mm. Last season he was. He, he was scoring every other every other game in like the Champions League when we were getting yeah. to the later stages. But there's no one he didn't score past last year. Yeah, right? by United. Victim. United's the only one he didn't score past, and still to this day, he's the only team he hasn't scored past. Yeah. So is Salah a victim or is he the criminal in terms of 
his performances in big games this season? I don't know, because, you, like I said before, he, he started the game well yesterday, and, and he did get, he got into it a couple of chances, only for, as I said, I think I said off here before we started, that the one where he gets in after uh, Snyder gives it away and Fabinho puts him in, if Wijnaldum carries his run on into the box, he blocks, I think Sooness points it out, actually, I think that's why I noticed it. I thought yeah. he was good, you know, Salah. I know he, he didn't well, score, yeah, but I, I thought he was well. That's what I mean, and, and that, that's what I'm saying. You, you, there's been games, even, <coughs> even at the start the of the season, though, even at the start of the season, when people were saying he's a one-season wonder and all that, we've be, we were on the pod saying... He's not watching the same game as us because he's still doing yeah. what he was doing. He's just not well, got the end product at the moment. And the, the argu- that seems to be continuing now. Yeah, the, the argument for Salah is the games that he's people are saying he's not doing it, these big games, normally away games, <coughs> and that's the, that, they're the games where Klopp goes with this defensive midfield. Yeah, it's sort of uh, both, it's the coinciding with each other. Coinciding with each other. Now, it doesn't explain, like, the fact that his finishing seems to be poorer in these games to me. That one where he goes through one on one, I don't think it's that easy. And obviously Pickford does well, but I think like you you put Suarez on the end of that, and you just tell me yeah. it through the keeper's yeah. legs. You know, it's one well, of them, innit? Well, listen, the, the stats will back it up, innit? I mean, he, he, I think <coughs> he's got seventeen so far this season. Now, the game, if I read out the games he's or the teams he scores against: Watford, Fulham, Cardiff, uh, Red Star, Huddersfield, um, Arsenal in a five-one win. He got one in that game. Newcastle, Wolves, Napoli at home. That that's probably the exception in this list. Yeah. Um, Bourm- Bournemouth <coughs> away when he's got a hat trick. Um, now one one of all Brighton and w- there's there's literally I can't apart from the the, the, the Napoli the, game. Yeah. There's no game there where he's. We used to say about Lukaku, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Towards the ends, is that he get he get one goal in a five-one <laughs> win, or he get a hat trick <laughs> in a four-nil win, and it's like. When is he going to turn up and be that? Just, one get, a, just get one and a one nil. Yeah, yeah, and that's all we want. And, that. and look, I don't think it. A lot of people have said, look, oh, you, you, people are getting on Salah's back, but he scored as many goals as he did this time last year. I agree with what you're saying, though, is last year he seemed to be scoring those important goals and those goals that were winning you the game. We so played the the a is, against the big sides. The difference is, yeah, I was just going to say that, we're playing a completely different way now. We're, we're not getting as many chances as we were getting last season, and we haven't got that player, Lincoln. We're not playing with that Jürgen Klopp Gengen press, which yeah, leaks but goals. Not, but, but we're also not playing goals. with that, that player who links the midfield to the forwards. The Ox. The Ox, yeah. the Ox didn't Link. play in that many games, though. I mean, in those big, decisive away games in the Champions League, yeah, which he is had what the we're major saying, impact. Which is what we're saying He's not, Salah's yeah, goals exactly. are missing from. Yeah, yeah, fair. And it's, I think if, if Caterer came in this season and being the player everyone expects him to have, I know we've said this every every other week now, but I think you'd have seen the difference, Salah, because he'd have had that player who's who's gonna give him them get you opportunities. You and are stuff. saying this, and, and obviously I haven't watched all those games back that he hasn't scored in, but I do remember. I think it's City he had a chance or two it, when you lost that game. City at home he has a couple of chances. That game yesterday he has a couple of chances. Now, uh, strikers get ch- good strikers get chances in every game, but you know those two chances he had yesterday. I feel like put Mo, both of them away. I feel like Mo even last. I feel like season, one of them he should have put away. The other one was a bit hard. Yeah, well. I mean, the amount of time he has on that first one. Do you know what? I d- do you agree with this, Gary? But I feel like last season, as many goals as he scored, he'd be like, do you know what? He could have scored a lot more. He was missing chances. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So Salah's one of these players who just gets chance after chance after chance because he's so fast, probably, <laughs> and, and intelligent with his runs. But he's for me, it sounds mad because he scored 40 whatever goals last season. But for me, he's still he's not really that striker where every time he gets it, you think goal. Not even last season. Not even last season when he scored all them goals. He needs. I feel like he needs a lot of chances. And although, as you're saying there, although he scored 40 whatever it was, 44 goals. 
it probably could and should have been 60. Yeah, which is mad. Yeah. It sounds insane to say, but there's, there's something in it, and yeah. there's a lot of people saying it. So, yeah, he got a couple of chances, you know, in these games that you're talking about there, Gary, but I think last season he was getting more than a couple <laughs> of chances per game. He was getting five, and he'd take one or two. If you get one or two, now he scores none. But again, that's going back to the way we played of as course, well. Of course, that's why, yeah, yeah. That gang and press that you said before, and... and we were all we were making the, the opposition's defence make mistakes in the fa- in their own fa- uh, first third, our final third, and we were he was getting chances that he's not getting now. So, is it, is it gone from Gangnam press then to Gangnam style? <laughs> 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 well, do you know what? Every time he's here, be, before yeah. we do move away from the diary, that is a lot of analysis. Me and I Gigi. have got one more question. Oh, go on, sorry, I'll let you get in before. Well, I it is red. Do we want to? Have you got uh, a blue I'll topic, and we'll come back to it. Well, yeah, okay. I was going to say to judge you, the elephant's in the room here, and I'm not going to deny it. How good was it to take two points off their <laughs> title challenge? Let's not deny it. Yeah, no, I'm, people were playing it down before it. No, and no I think even people, like Craig was play, playing it down a little bit. But when you've had such a bad season, and this is the way I explain it to Reds, when, you, when you, you, you're still struggling, you're still not hitting the heights, the last thing you want is your neighbours to, yeah. to be winning the league. It just, and I, I am a big believer in the whole friendlies and everything. We, you know, we're sitting here, we're advocates for this. We're, yeah. we're, we're doing a podcast which which says that you can have the best of both worlds. However, yeah. you know, the, the <laughs> ideal world is that both sides are playing well and, and we're both challenging and, and you can go, oh, never mind, we didn't get there this year, but we might get there next year. We haven't been able to see that, have we? Do look, you know what I mean? Look, we're, fan, we're, we're fans of Everton and they're fans of Liverpool. Let's not, you know, make it not what it is. We don't want Liverpool to win the league the same way they would want us to win the league. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, yeah, it's before, just friendly. Before the game, I was trying to get Evertonians to admit that you'd be made up if you stopped Liverpool winning the Absolutely. league. And they wouldn't. Everyone's going, no, it's more about the three points. Yeah. And I wanted I'm them to. And if they was admit it, I wasn't being like, Sam, because I, I'd be the same. I, but said, I just wanted them to admit it. I've said a few times, if the three points take us into Champions League places, it's more about the yeah, three points. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But those three points yesterday, we're just going to get us a few points closer to Watford and yeah. bloody Wolves. Yeah. You know, come on. In, in, in seventh and eighth, it's not going to change the world if we finish seventh even. But... It change our world if Liverpool were, were driving the bus round my city for two yeah, days with, with the Premier League trophy. What? Our city. <laughs> our city, yeah. Would have been our city if we yeah, win it. City's all ours. I'm not going to imagine that. You want to end the derby with analysis on? Well, for me, we've had this discussion in the past, and I know Terry's opinion is not here, but he totally disagrees with this. But for me, that game showed you that I would have Coutinho back in a heartbeat and I'd pay whatever it took. Because it's not like, oh, we're fine without him, we're fine without him, are we? We've, we've just constantly spoken about these big away games. I don't even think you're an advocate of bringing Coutinho back, Gary, and it might be for different reasons. You might want someone similar to Coutinho, but all these big away games, why didn't Keita come on? Why didn't Shakiri come on? I'll tell you why. Because they haven't got the defensive side of being an attacking midfielder down because there is a defensive side to it in a cop team. Coutinho did. I used to be really impressed by the way he pressed. He'd fight to win the ball back. And I've even heard um, Klopp say in interviews, you know, we're still working with Keita. Unfortunately, you know, it's all, it might have been about Shaqiri. He doesn't, he can't quite defend and attack in the way that Phil used to. So I've even heard out of Klopp's mouth. I don't, understand. What you I don't understand why uh, anyone, Liverpool fan, would not want... Oh, mate, imagine him, yeah, he's the difference. Yesterday, he's the difference. As an opposition think, fan, if he, if he was playing yesterday, I'd have been more scared I of Liverpool. I think ability-wise, people would snap your hands off and have him back on a heartbeat. I think it's just more in the way that he went. Because 
obviously we had the whole thing with Suarez where he tried to go to Arsenal the first time round and and that was that was a bit yeah but you're, you're a soundbite away from getting over that it's, it's like it's no, like no, I was saying we don't want Lukaku back no but this is this is what I'm saying if you let me finish he he stayed and he gave us that extra season and he, he nearly dragged us over the line to win the league and and then when he went it was like he, he finished the season with us and, and sort of it was a bit of a we were gutted to see him go but it was a bit of a alright you've done your best and you deserve to be playing in a better team now when Coutinho's done it, he's left halfway through a season where we actually got to a Champions League final that he probably would have made a bit of a difference in. More so now that Salah's, Salah got injured, didn't he? He's, the way he's gone about it, feigning injuries, he's had a back injury on Wednesday and then played for Brazil on the Saturday. The things like that, that's what's disgruntling the Liverpool fans. I don't think it's... No one's, no on one's the even pitch, remotely, though, he gave us all to the last. Saying, but nobody's remotely questioned the ability. It was more of his attitude. Away, yeah, but even attitude-wise, he gave us all... on. Of, he did miss a game back injury and all that more but, than one but on the pitch until yeah, the very yeah. last Absolutely, minute yeah when he played when he played he performed there was no and, sulking on the pitch no, I'm, and that's not what I'm saying and but I think, you know and I think if you said to Liverpool then? fans uh, Coutinho comes back and it's just pure ability forgetting all the emotion behind it it's just pure ability would you have Coutinho who wouldn't mm. what, what, what fan of any team wouldn't have him <laughs> Terry shouldn't, wouldn't that be the answer shouldn't that be the answer well yeah and that's what I'm saying. I, 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 Phil said before that he doesn't think I'm an advocate of bringing him back. I, I, I said last time, even, even more, yeah, even more so that I, I weren't an advocate. I also said at the time when, when I said that I wouldn't want him back. If he came back and, and got us eight points, that won us the league. All is forgiven. For me, that's what I think your attitude should be. You don't like him, fine. Let's use him yeah, to win the league. Absolutely, like, whatever. If don't he's going to come back, fan. if he's going to, if he came back to us. By the way, I don't. Is there even any link? I don't even think he's there, leaving there's on been, the league. Just being chat of it. Just being yeah, chat of it. I don't think uh, only on the basis on, only on the basis that he, he was having really, a hard time at Barcelona. Yeah, he hasn't really set the world like at Barcelona. He's been on the bench quite a lot, and again, it's easiest because of the fact that you are lacking still that player and yeah. need to unlock the door. T- Terry does not want Coutinho back. I've said to Terry, okay, then we'll. I think, if you said, that, I think if you, you said to Terry, Terry Coutinho came back in January and we won the league by nine points because of Coutinho. Oh yeah, but of course he's had yeah, no gripe. There's no knowing that in advance. Is there? So the question is, would you bring him back if we had the opportunity to this summer? Terry says no. When he says no to me, I say, well, who's your alternative then? And he goes, I don't know, that's not up to me. But I think if you're going to say no, it is up to you. You've got to think no, beca- no because dot, 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 I'd have this player. But no one seems to have that answer for me. I, so I, I, I think, think that would be some statement as well. Liverpool will be signing Philip Coutinho. I think that would be a big statement. I think, I think deep down as well, in, in defence of Terry, he's probably thinking that the team have actually made progress without him, haven't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. No, just in general, your points total. Of course, we have. You're in a better position than you were when you were with him. So I think at this point we were 25 points behind Man City last year. That's that's the logic behind it. We've progressed because we take less risk. Uh, But now now there's another level we've got to reach where we we're better balanced. But but like you said earlier on, uh, other seasons you didn't have to reach that extra level. It's just because of how good City are now. Yeah. Past seasons gone by, the the league's nearly over now. Yeah. Listen, Reds, let us know your thoughts on, on the on the Twitter across the park PC. Uh, Judgey, me and you have just openly said that we don't want Liverpool to win the league, so do you want to plug who our partners are this week? You've done an article <laughs> on us. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we, we had the privilege and, and you know, <coughs> a lot of our regular listeners will have heard uh, Jeff Goulding, who's been on here quite a number of times, you know, author and, and a writer for, for This Is Anfield. And, and again, luckily, um, This Is Anfield and, and thankfully for the, you know, the good work we've been doing together with Jeff, um, they agreed to, to do a piece on, on, on the actual podcast, which they, which they shared across their social media and on their website. We had a fantastic reaction, not only from our, our current listeners and followers, but also from followers of This Is Anfield, who 
you know have, have came to subscribe on our website and in the masses which we which we appreciate far and wide yeah far and wide i mean i'm going to point out one of the one of the um people who subscribed peter who i don't think he was one of the ones who was further afield but a very um a liverpool fan who's followed the club for quite a number of years and i was i was speaking about the um the, the friendly derby and 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 you know again he was there in the 60s yeah, wasn't he? yeah yeah going back mm. to the 60s he wrote us a, a, a really long message which i couldn't possibly read out on the podcast because it w- would take a while but i wanted to personally re- you know kind of recognize peter because yeah. it, it was it was a great it was a lovely message we he got, got us didn't he he understood us and what we're about yeah exactly totally. just, just by reading the article alone and i'm not mm. sure if he's actually listened to any of the podcast but it's a great write-up and, and i think i get asked all the time because you know we're, we're We'll say it, we've said it a few times, we'll say it again. This is just a hobby for us at the moment, unfortunately. You know, we, we, we come here once, twice a week. Um, and, after and work. <laughs> after work, yeah, and we're rushing here and stuff. And, and, and sometimes, you know, some of the stuff we put out is, 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 is good, sometimes it's not so good. But, you know, we try our best just to be authentic in, in what we put out there. And, mm. and again, the article pretty much sums up what, what we're trying to achieve. And, and that's bringing the chat of Liverpool, regular Liverpool and Everton fans to a you know to, to to a podcast on on a weekly basis and 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 you know not, not trying to overanalyze although sometimes I'm guilty of that <laughs> but um, we're not claiming to be experts we're, we're just regular mates and, and regular lads who go the game and and Peter Peter and and the this is Anfield team really got that and Jeff wrote a great piece and so you know we just want to thank them for that and yeah. hopefully we'll do many more things together and and look they're obviously Liverpool a Liverpool outfit they're, they're a Liverpool what do you call it fanzine a, yeah, you know, a media, media outlet, outlet yeah. yeah media outlet and you know hopefully we can get someone from the Everton, Everton side on board so if there are any outlets out there similar to this is Anfield who, yeah. who like what we do then you know we welcome someone from the blue side to come to the table as well yeah you, you can catch the article on thisisanfield.com and their Twitter handle is also thisisanfield uh, yeah. moving on to our social media if you know you've got some, some questions for us yeah I'll start with an Everton question this one's from Ross Moran he, he contacted us via the website he says now that Schneidlin has taken Gomez's place do you think that Everton will abandon their plans to sign Gomez I, I don't think we'll abandon our plans to sign Gomez I don't think he'll feature as heavily in the second half of the season now, or the latter part of the season if you will I think Marco Silva has, has, has found a little duo that, that, that's working at the minute and until that duo doesn't work, I it's don't think he'll, he'll get back in. He, he came cheap, on on Sunday. No, I mean, Marco Silva looked at Andre Gomez yesterday as someone who could maybe go and win the derby for Everton. So that's as important to Marco Silva's eyes that he brought him on to go and win the derby for Everton. I think it'd be silly to say because he's lost his place that we wouldn't sign him. There's, there's definitely a, a really good footballer in there yeah, who, and who's, who's got confidence your, issues. You lose your place throughout the season and that's yeah. you're never going to have I a full season of being no, a no, wildie. I think the other thing we've got to we've got to consider as well is, let's be honest, can a guy's going in the summer. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think as the season does go on, he's got to look at a way to try and play without Ghana guy because, you know... It, he made no truth in January about the fact that he wanted the PSG move. PSG have made no truth about the fact that they're going to come back in for him in the summer. So it is basically only a matter of time. Now, do I think that Schneiderlin and Gomez can can, can combine and work, and, and work well together? I'm not so sure. I think earlier on in the season when we when we missed Ganagai, we showed that we were lacking that kind of person to get to get about to get about and, and to have those those legs in midfield. Which if you think back, Miles, we were talking about the the McCarthy and Barry thing. McCarthy was never the same without Barry, was he? No, you've got to replace Garner Guy with, with a similar mould, similar to how Leicester tried to replace Kante with Ndidi. You've, you've got to do that because yeah. I don't think he could play Schneidlin. 
uh, combo of Schneider and Davis or, a co- or Davis and Gomez or Schneider and Gomez. I don't think he can play that combo. I think that would leave a sort of too static, if you will. Garner's really good at going hunting, isn't he? And, and you know those little pockets where you can see him move building, he'll go and sort of just stand there and win the ball. Uh, all of the midfielders don't really do that. So you know, regardless of losing Garner Guy, I'd bring Andre Gomez in, but I'd also replace Garner Guy. When well. you're saying a few weeks ago on the pod about um, didn't Brands go over to Barca to try and strike a deal with yeah, well, for Gomez? The, the other point I was going to make. And it sort of coincided with his dip in form. They, yeah. might, they might even be playing on that a bit more. Well, that's it. it keep it, his it, price tag down. I, I don't think we're that, we're that clever, and I don't think that you do that to kind of ki- <laughs> to kill. We're not no, that clever. No, we've never been clever, particularly <laughs> in the transfer market. But I certainly don't think that we're that ruthless to try and almost half kill a player's career just so we can save 10 million <laughs> or something. But there might be something in the fact that, look, if we don't... De- if it looks to Barcelona as though he's not essential to us, they might be thinking, oh, maybe if he hasn't quite made the impact that we want them to or we thought he has or he isn't as influential as... You know, they might have to take it. Then they might have to just take a bit of a, a bath, with, you know, for ten million and, and say, oh, well, you know, you can get you have him for twenty five million. So th- there might be something in that. But I think genuinely he hasn't been playing very well, and that that fourteen day break has allowed Schneiderlin to get some, you know, minutes on the training ground and, and show that it actually he's capable of doing a job in there. And, and you know, Mills, you you were going on about you need to play different systems, play in different ways. Over those 14 days, clearly has experimented with different yeah. lineups, different ways of playing, different shapes, different systems, and and he struck a chord, um, Schneiderlin somewhere in there. And I think, you know, Silver openly said about the the personal problems. But again, just to directly answer the question, he definitely is different to any other midfielder we've got, and the potential he's got there is undoubtable. Are you still, you, 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 you still signing him, are you? Hundred percent. Just just to press press you on that, Judge. Um, I mean, regardless of who you replace Gay with, and even though, um, sorry, regardless of the form that Gomez is in, wh- when he's not in form, obviously he's being replaced by Schneiderlin. When he is in form, no matter how good he's playing, you still don't. You've said you've been quite vocal in saying you don't even think it's beneficial for the team. Yeah, I, I've said that he. So why when, he, when he's played, Sigurdsson hasn't played well. I think there's a. I think over the over the course of the season, over the course of the season, he, he he's um, you know, there there hasn't been many games where both. Um, Gomez has played well and, 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 and Sigurdsson played well so, so that needs to be addressed but I think if he can address the issues he's, he's addressed in 14 days in terms of the way the team is defending set pieces mm. the way we're defending in general I don't doubt that over the course of a summer and a pre-season that he can't get a tune out of two top players because okay. let's get it right they're, they're both top Sigurdsson's play, been playing at the top you know Top of the Premier, top of the Premier League in terms of teams, but he's been scoring yeah. goals, creating goals on a regular basis Do you for about five say seasons now. It, it, it's not, it's not a universal truth that all good players can play together. Of course, you know the England, Lampard, Gerrard thing. I know, but the whole England team. I know, but but in this, we're talking about two players here, and we're talking about one player in Gomez, mm. who's got an outstanding ability to pass the ball, mm. and we've got another player in Sigurdsson, who's got a, a knack of getting in the right places. It just so happens that they're just not haven't quite at the moment got that chemistry. You're right; it might not ever happen. But and I think you've also said it's not about their chemistry; it's about other players going to Gomez before they go to uh, Sigurdsson. Is that right? Is that well, a it's, 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 well, it, th- more I than think it is their yeah, chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, and I think the, the other the other thing to note is that the the, co- the what coincides with Gomez and, and Sigurdsson maybe not working very well together has also been the form of the wingers in terms of creating space in that final third for them to find you know 
for Gomez to have more than one option off the ball. I think there's a lot of lot of reasons behind probably the lack of chemistry, if you like. But okay. I don't think it's anything that can't be worked on. I think the the, the one the one concern will be the the balance in the midfield and whether we're not going to strike the balance if we lose guy because it. Again, comparing it to your side, I think we try and do that quite a lot in, in terms of the reds and the blues. Is when you lost Haman, you, you took a while to kind of try and find that balance yeah. again, didn't you? And yeah, you had, you know, Alonso and Gerard, and it was two. That was two attacking, and it was trying to find someone that kind of, again, mm. give you that steal. When there. we lost Mascherano, it took us to buy in Fabinho before exactly. we yeah. dropped so <laughs> There's the, yeah, those <laughs> whole midfielders, and I suppose those defensive midfielders, they're not easy to come by, and they're, and they're also, the, you know, the focal. There are focal points in any side, particularly when you're playing formations like four two three one four one four one or whatever. The, it is. the formations that that they are now and, and the way you're playing, it's changing that style of player as well, isn't it? The, well, the, the Abraham doesn't exist. Anymore. The biggest factor, though, around all of those things is is the evolution of the fullback. Mm, the fullback yeah. used to do his job as a fullback. The fullbacks now expected to be wingers. Therefore, that leaves gaps. And, and midfielders, need, you need to have defensive-minded midfielders who are capable of filling in right back, left back, in between the two centre backs, and also finding those runs. Yeah, being a footballer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I think it's a good question uh, and it's a valid question because yeah. Gomez has lost his, I suppose, lost his way a little bit. But I, I still think there's there's value and he's still worth signing. Yeah. I agree. Another valid questions come uh, from <laughs> Ryan Parker. We'll have a bit of fun with this one. Um, he's a blue Ryan, admittedly, but he's asked a, a question to the Liverpool lads. He, he didn't think we were going to answer it, Gary. So let's give it a response. We all heard the cop interview. He mentioned the weather, particularly the wind. There's been a bit of fun going around about his comments on social media. He said, Reds, please don't tell me you agree with him. That's his question. Gary? Not answering him. We do want to say this, this show tonight, it, but there's only four of us, and you know, if it's not the best, it is really windy in the studio. It's not our fault. It's the windows open, yeah, exactly. I've been beans. If any of my comments <laughs> were off the mark, it's, it's the wind. It's Phil's wind <laughs> across the other side um, of the table. Yeah, I think, I think, no, we don't agree that it was the wind that weren't the problem. Everton, Everton came, well, Everton were at home, they, they set up, they'd done a good job, simple. Has. But I don't think he blamed the wind. No. And that, that wasn't as, as for me excuse for not winning the game. There's a language. There's, for me, there's a little bit of a language barrier going Come on. on. He talks so a much. There can't bit. be a language barrier. Not a little bit. I think I'm he was trying to express field. the opinion that it wasn't so much a game of football, it was more a battle and a fight. There was, there was loads he, of different he, he factors, said, and that was one of the factors. It's a derby. Everton made it horrible. You know, the wind. It was more a fight than it was a game of football, and that was just one of the factors that he threw in. Do, do, it's not, do you think not that the first time, though, is it? He's, he's blamed weather conditions you know really well a few it's, times. It's a, it's yeah, but it's similar quotes, though. It's not. It's not like he's blaming that. That's a similar result. There's as different well. factors around around the the game that he's getting at, and that they're just one of the factors. But because of the humour in it, the away fan, the the, the opposing fans, obviously just well, people. I, mean, I couldn't believe well, it last I mean, night. You? Yeah, look. We, at we, went the last, we went the pub last night, and someone said to us, "Klopp's just blaming the wind," and we said, "No." Yeah, when we you put no, it he like has, that, he has again. But you know what? Mourinho was the king of it, and deflection, you know, it's, it's, it's defle- I was going to say, it, it's, it's a key part of motivational strategy is mm. deflection. If you do something right, you heap the you heap the praise on the players, and they feel great about it. The players do something wrong; it's not your fault, boys. It's anything but your fault. Mourinho was the king of it and it often works but this is what I mean about maybe the culture barrier and the language barrier like we know what you can and can't say in England. You know when deflection though in that, in that case though and, and it has become a bit of a runner joke and, and I don't agree to the extent that he's blamed the wind because listening to the whole 
uh, interview, as you rightfully said, Gary put it into context. It was a very small part of the interview, and he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, didn't attribute all of the blame well to the wins. Yeah. yeah, I just think that on that side of it, there was a very, very good case, and he and he can even look at his own changes. I just think sometimes as a manager. It's even refreshing to the fans to turn around and go, actually, I don't think I got the selection right today. Well, and I've never, ever heard I watched say the, that. I watched the press conference, the, the Jürgen Klopp Liverpool press conference mm. post-game. I don't know if you've seen it, Gary. I haven't, Someone alluded to, were we too cautious? He flipped. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. He said, yeah. this is not FIFA. It's not a case of you just put four strikers on. Uh, it's not a case oh, of I've me. Seen that clip, it's not a case yeah. of me saying to the boys, "Come on, boys, let, let's throw the kitchen sink at it." Like, he's like, "No, this is football. This is a season. Maybe it's all the fans who are losing their nerve because that's not we've d- what we've done to this point. So why should I suddenly change? If it did suddenly change, maybe that's me showing that I'm emotional and nervous." He said, "Look, Liverpool haven't won the title." There's not many experienced people in this city when it comes to winning leagues, including the journalists, including the fans. Hmm. So anyone who's now saying to me, let's, be, let's throw caution to the wind, it's everyone else who's panicking. Trust me, this is what we've done to this stage. This is why we've been top of the league to this point. Let's not change anything. So maybe there's something in that. We'll know at the end. Yeah, we'll know at the end of the season. And, yeah, and, and until, until the 38 games have been played, you're not going to get the answer. No. If he ends up coming out on top and, and he carries on playing this way and we end up winning the league by a point or two points, and that was a great point. We won the league at Goodison. Exactly. <laughs> Please don't win the league that by point, points. That, that point that Everton celebrated, we won it with oh, that point. Don't win the league by a point. <laughs> But yeah, that's all we got in with the uh, social media. To, uh, to yeah, uh, just, there was one more one. I probably should have uh, mentioned it alongside that this is Anfield article, to be fair. But we had a, v- an, a message from another, I suppose, it might have been someone who actually see, seen us through the, this is Anfield article, but he messaged us from Canada, Vinny, his name was. Oh, yeah. And again, it was another one I wanted to give a mention because he said, look, I've been looking for a podcast like this for quite some time, being, I suppose, it someone who, who supports the club from afar. I think I think he was a Liverpool supporter, but he, he, he loved the, the bands that came across. And again, I, I said I would give him a mention. And I, so I'm just yeah, concluding nice. in this section. So thanks, Vinny. We'll stick with the theme of websites as well. Uh, we had some articles on our website over the weekend. Uh, big thanks to Michael Ball for helping us out with the... Thanks a loads of, loads of... Yeah, so Michael Ball done a standalone Q&A um, on, on the derby on Saturday evening, which was really well received. And Judge, you've done a predictions article as well. And you had the contact book out in force, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, we, I, think we got, I think we got 16 in the end. Uh, so we, we contacted loads of people who, who've been on the show as guests or, or friends of the show. I think we got like... Three, three or four Merseyside boxers in there as well. They all predicted Liverpool wins, of course. They were yeah. all Reds. Um, the Gary, only, one, Gary the only one who did was, was Alan Myers. He predicted an Everton win. Gary Lewis predicted a, a draw. And yeah. he's at Liverpool. There was a, very, there was sensible, a, very sensible. There was quite a few draws. Was I mean, anybody saying nil nil? No. No, we had a no. few Gary, one Gary ones. was one all. Mm. I think I think we had a few one ones. Colin Harvey predicted one one. Um Mel Harvey predicted two two. 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 Yeah. Gary Lewis predicted one one, who's a red, as you rightfully say, Phil. Um, he actually d- said that he thought it was Teddy Matthews predicted three red cards. Three red cards, yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> wild them off. Teddy's had a bad week, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Social media. No, Sorry, Teddy. Teddy's always welcome on the show. He knows that as well. But no, massive thanks to everyone who took part in that. It, re- it really helps us, doesn't it, when people like that take take part in, in, in articles and getting it out there. So yeah, no, it, it definitely, and we hope to bring as much as much to the. Um, you know, as much of the website as we possibly can in the way of articles, so we'll try and keep that up. And before we finally do move on to predicting the, or moving on to previewing, sorry, the weekend's games, uh, last week we had a giveaway with our, our friends over at Doe, 
Uh, Michael was the winner. I think he got 25 quid's worth of dough mm-hmm. tea on Saturday evening, which <laughs> had a kill for that Seen Saturday tweeting evening. about it. Well, he was quite happy on Friday yeah. night. I think he was a liver, didn't you, Mills? Yeah, it's a, a, <laughs> yes. long story short, I didn't quite tweet the terms and conditions, and his postcode was outside of the... Um, Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know this. The lad, the lad who won it lived in L11, and, and it, it was <laughs> okay. L10 was the cutoff point. So, all right, okay. So he, didn't I, know, he didn't know it was me. He was going to give me a quid and everything. <laughs> you know, I had to say no. <laughs> I, I had to me. say no. So so it's it's Millsy from across the park. It's too good. Do you recognise me? No, massive it's thanks. Like a to selfie. No, massive thanks to Joe for helping us out. And again tonight, two yeah. pizzas on the table for us. Our friends over at Joe. Get them on a Just Eat app at Joe and also DoeLiverpool.co.uk. The Blues are the first in action this weekend. Judge, you've got Newcastle away. Uh, Phil's alluded to there. Can we can we mix it up and, and, and go different? Do we have to? Um, I wouldn't be tempted to, to completely mix it up. I, I think like I alluded to there, I, I would potentially go with um, Calvert-Lewin on the right. Um, I'm, I'm probably being with Charles and for Walcott. I'm just sick and tired of how useless Walcott is. Yeah. I can't even like... There's no need to overanalyze it. He's just useless. <laughs> he, he really is. Like he, he, all right, he gets in behind once or twice early on in the game. When does he do a job defensively? No, I don't even think he does. You know, I, 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 I think he's lazy defensively as well. I think he, he because he, he's always playing on the shoulder. He's not even lazy. He's, he's not even in a position to get back. Mm. He's always the furthest away from the ball. So, I think, quite honestly, he's a liability. Pitches no, just fell on me head there. Boy, <laughs> just been yeah. butted by Fellini. A Walcott signed shirt just just fell off the roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <on> the <laughs> now, I agree. I agree. Judging Walcott for me, you know, I, I've said that for a while now. He needs to be taken out the team. But every time he's taken out the team, whether it be Adam Muller Luckman who plays there or Carver Lewin moves over to the right, he seems to get back in. Now, yeah. For me, I've alluded to Bernard needs a run. We just need someone to take that right wing position, whether it's Luckman or, or it whether it's Richardson, and make it their own for the rest of the season. He can't yeah. continue because. Such a positive performance yesterday, and a positive result. Let's not get it wrong. And he was the one negative for me, because his work rate wasn't quite up to what everyone else's was. He, even when he got in behind, I knew he wasn't going to score. I don't expect yeah. him to score. Like, like, no. I think Chelsea away this season, Old Trafford away. He missed a sit at home to Bournemouth. That's a great move. He seems to be wasting Milsey. lots of chances. You want Bernard to get to get a run on the team? Yeah. In what position? I'd, I'd play him left wing. Yeah. I'd go with Charles Richardson right. Yeah, but I, I think oh, they're bright Charles enough. Right. I think so they're bright enough to interchange. Okay, so Richardson is your answer for a run and to replace yeah. Walcott. I, he came on yesterday and he played right wing. Didn't yeah. He? They yeah. hooked him against Robertson. Yeah. Um, How often have you done that t- to date? I think that's probably the first time he's played I wide I right. I isn't don't it? remember him playing right, right, wide right at all. No, but but that shows the influence Bernard has on the game because it is usually Bernard, isn't it? Mm, who goes off? Right um, but he's looked at it and thought, you know, Bernard stays on. I'm, I'm up. It seems like Charles kind of obvious this, to me. This was but my he, thing. He, he opens you up. He had a chance where Bernard couldn't. It, them two combined were almost combined where Bernard was an inch off it, and that was due to Richarlison down the right making mm. that opening. Mm. I think a few weeks ago we you, you just went through your um, the, the recent signings and who's been a hit, who's but who's a jury still out of, and who's been a. Uh, who hasn't been a hit, and I I said to you, Richarlison, that for me, it's jury still out because I, I I agree he had a great start of the season. He scored loads of goals in in the team and stuff, but I can't remember the last time you you had we had this podcast and you told me he had a great game. Well, now no, you took it took a point, Gary. I mean, I think think my point in that in that sense was that he, he you know twenty four years of age, he's he's a regular in a Brazil team. He scored ten goals already now. Look, he has had a bad run. Uh, he has a very, very good start. He has, he has had a bad run. But, I mean, just the fact that now we're saying, look, he can play on the right, he can play on the left, he plays up front. He got pigeonholed into that centre-forward position. And, and 
let's be honest, that that was the point when his, his season started to dip, wasn't it? He, he's done really well on yeah. the left. He has a good game against uh, Leicester in the, in that forward position, but he, he's never really hit the heights, has he? I think right. Brighton at home, he scored two, didn't he? And that mm. sort of gave him an extra five games in there, if you will, just in yeah. the performance there. He was man of the match and scored a brace. Um, I'd like to see him on the right, like I said. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing... Dominic Calvert-Lewin starting in between the two of them up front. Possibly. I think even though he, he didn't have his, his best of games yesterday, he, he seems to give us give well, us something that Tosin doesn't. The good thing about those front three, and I, we've said it all along, and, and even if we played the combination and putting Walcott in there, the good thing about either, either of those front three combinations, even if you include Walcott instead of Calvert-Lewin, is all three of them can... can Probably mm. apart from Bernard playing all three positions, mm. Bernard can play in the left or the right. We've seen Richards can play anywhere across the front three now. Mm. Uh, Calvert Lewin can play on the right or the centre. I've got the ability in game to quickly change things. We've seen it in the game where Calvert Lewin flipped with Walcott. He could easily do that with Charleston. You know, it, it causes defensive problems that even if you're not all individually playing very well, if you can quickly flip positions, it, it causes an issue for the centre back, for the full back. If you haven't got someone who naturally communicates quite well, yeah, yeah. Say we do that with Salomon yeah. and Firmino, yeah. It just stretches teams, doesn't it? When the interchange, but they're all quick, they're all quick enough to get in behind, they're all intelligent enough to play. Probably the exception of Calvert Lewin to come and drop in and get on the ball as well. So, a lot of day game, it, it, it's a lot more about pace than it has, ever has mm. been. Like, yeah. my favorite players of all time are always the slower ones, like. Yari Lippmann and Bergkamp and mm. anyone with that type of thing but it, in this day and age you need that pace don't you in the front three Just yeah absolutely because I mean particularly in the last three four maybe five years arguably it's become more about counter attack mm. you know a lot True. less teams there's That's only there's only there's only two maybe three teams in the world Certainly in Europe maybe that play a possession dominated game and that's Man City, Barcelona and I don't know, you're struggling to find anyone else. The likes of Juventus, Bayern Munich, yourselves, yeah. um, Atletico Madrid, they all play on the counter. Yeah. Chelsea even to a certain extent, you know, Ar- Arsenal haven't quite got there yet. Um, United have, uh, uh, you know, are more of an out-and-out attacking team, but they're not a possession-based team, are they? No. They still rely on the pace and the physicality. So yeah, you're right, it, it, there's very few attacking teams that haven't got that lightning pace up front. Well, I think Newcastle, Newcastle have got it now. I was just going to say, I think yeah. you said earlier on, Newcastle have started being a bit more dangerous yeah. on the counter-attack, so with that in mind, just stick with the same two centre-halves. Uh, I don't think we've got a choice. I mean, um, uh, you can't take Keane out after the game he's had against Hughes and against playing against three of the quickest and most threatening players, you know, attacking players in the league. And obviously Firmino didn't start, but... You know, Origi and the, your performance against Watford with that front three just destroyed them, and it was you know pace and power was a was a big factor there. Almiron, um, Perez, and and, and Rondon in the last five games have been exceptional. I think Benitez for the first time since he's been at Newcastle has actually got a strike force that can hear teams, and he's always been good at keeping the back door closed. So look that that you know you don't really look have, have to look at their last few home games, two two nil wins, albeit against Burnley and Huddersfield, but. You know, they're starting to look like a team who, who, who have got a bit more balance. For me, they're very weak in the midfield now, Newcastle. So I think yeah. if there's any way you can dominate against them, it's, it's through the middle of the pitch and, and it's through having a little bit more of the ball. Now, this is why I think we've got to play Schneiderlin and, and Ganagai. If you allow our front four, if you will, to have mm. a bit more possession of the ball and you include our full-backs in there, I think we can afford to go and play a little bit higher up the pitch as long as our two defensive midfielders tuck in and always give us a back four. And as long as we're always, we've are always we always got a one-man advantage on the front three, they'll leave them front three up there pretty much. They, they, mm. They'll happily do that. So I think we've got to be cautious on the counter-attack and not leave ourselves too much to do. 
Looking at Newcastle specifically, they're, they've got two wins out of, th- out of the last three, and that's moved them up the league. They're on 31 points. Um, they're currently sat in 14th place. Cardiff are on 18th and 25 points. Now, Cardiff haven't won the last three, so it shows you how close Newcastle were to being mm-hmm. dragged into that. They have hit a good, good bit of form. Um, it's a dangerous one, like you said. The three strikers seem to be on form, and especially at home, they seem to be you know getting the results that will move them away from trouble. I don't expect Newcastle to be... You know, they're certainly not one of the worst teams in the league. They're certainly a team that I, I think Everton, sh- Everton should be going and, and winning. And in relation to that, I, I disagree a little bit. I, I would move Morgan Schneider now, so I'd bring Andre Gomez back in. I, I think it's it's not for me. I think it's we can go with, we can go and win there by by, no, by, 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 by being. What do you think? That's up. an attack and move to you to do. I that, think yeah. so. Oh, it is. Yeah. It, it is the only reason I wouldn't do it. Is I still think that we've got a team without Gomez that, that can still dominate the ball mm. from a possession perspective, and I've still got a little bit more guile than they've got. Um, I think as soon as you put Gomez in there, we just look a lot more wide open to the counter attack. Yeah, uh, particularly because we've got two fullbacks who do push on. So the reason I say that is, is Gomez is very good, even in, in his poor form. He's very good at sort of moving us up the pitch at, at speed. Mm. His first intent is that you know where we're going forward. This Tom, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. Tom, Tom Davis is, is not too dissimilar. No. His, his mentality is let's get up the pitch more so than Schneiderlin's, but Schneiderlin's a defensive midfield and he'll sit and protect. But I mean, a game like Newcastle, I, I don't think we're in any, any danger at all now. We're on thirty-seven points. I can't see us being in any sort of trouble. No. Wolves are ahead of us by. By six points in seventh, can you catch them with our run? I don't know. I, I think the rest of the season, I'd like to see us nail a few places down and also adapt each, each weekend to, to different opposition. That 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 would be a, you know, I, I'm looking at Marco Silva as well personally. He's got a chance. I've said I said this on Radio City. He's got a chance to look at these these next mm. few away games, which is it was Cardiff. There, there's three points. You've got Newcastle and you've got Fulham coming up away. If he wins all three, that's our best away record since Roberto Martinez's first season. Now, for him to, to look back on the season and any doubt as he may have, for him to say, look at that away record there. Look at that, look at look that away, away record, record and, yeah. and look at the fact that, you know, let's be honest, up to this point, the crowds haven't really got going either, have they? You know, and he's come out and said, look, the difference was the crowd. Now, mm. it's difficult what comes first, the chicken or the egg. If, the, if your, t- your team aren't really playing well and not performing to the levels that you expect from an effort perspective, why should the fans join in? Mm. But I think if he if, if he can if he can punch that away with her, like you say, and, and he can say, look, we've had a few results against some of the bigger teams, which he's got a chance to do as well. Absolutely, so he yeah. picks up some points against some of the top six sides, and also couples that with the the best way re- away records we've had in a number of years. Then he's got something to build on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, predictions, Mills. Um, I'll go two 0 to Everton. I d- I don't think we'll keep them out. And I've said that a few times, even though we have ke- kept clean sheets in our last two games. I think. Although I don't think it's the right thing to do, I think he might go a little bit more expansive in this game. Um, I'm going to go one-one. I, I I do think we should go there and win, um, but I think we might end up might end up getting uh, pegged back in the in you're, the later you're stages. You're playing a very very competitive game on this. Hey, league listen, league I was just going to say, Judge just got this league table on the mind. I'm it seriously. <laughs> you're a point ahead, aren't you? Well, yeah, I, I'm a point ahead, yeah, because we both got the result wrong. I'll tell you what, we released the league table this week on our social media. Yeah. So I was going to say, by listeners. league table, it's our, our predictions, isn't it? I don't yeah. mean the actual We're you know, competing with each other with our predictions, yeah. I, I was going to say 2-1, and I thought to myself, God, he's going to go for the draw here. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> <be> <laughs> The mind games have started in March. Phil, moving on to the Reds, you play Sunday, you've got Burnley at home. Yeah, uh, is that a game that you need a similar performance to the Watford game where you're expansive and you and you go and really give someone a, a hiding? Absolutely. Um, I think all the Liverpool, all the Liverpool supporters want to see Liverpool adopt a much more attacking approach in this game. Burnley, I mean, 
I'll tell you what's going to frustrate me. If we turn up against Burnley, and again, it's at home, so it's diff- it's like it's similar to the Watford one as opposed to being similar to the Everton one with the Everton game being away from home and stuff. But if we approach this Burnley game the same way we've approached the Watford game and then we do the same thing to Burnley what we've done for Watford and then that game in between against Everton we change for and we've actually and we've drew the game, that's going to really frustrate me. Don't get me wrong, I want us to go and beat Burnley 5-0, but, but it just it's going to frustrate me because yeah. why, don't, why didn't we just do it against Everton? Yeah, yeah but hopefully Klopp will see that as well. You know, hopefully you look back at that and go, okay, well, what was the difference here? Oh, yeah, I played three defensive mids. Yeah. So, I, I, I think Klopp knows that, that the chat on Merseyside is that the, the Liverpool supporters were unhappy with his team selection and, and the negativity we showed in, in that game. So, I think Klopp knows. Um, and, and I, expect I won't him be surprised to see if you see um, Keita starting. Yeah, yeah, no, he's... It's, it's a game where he can come back in yeah. because Burnley are not... The most offensive team in the world, and the teams that 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 have beat Burnley have been counter-attacking teams recently. Uh, and you know, there's no one better at playing counter-attacking football than, than Liverpool. Yeah, it's a good result, right. Burnley home to Tottenham. That was yeah. a really good result. They've won three in the last five. Are they much of a threat in your eyes? <laughs> I didn't see the Tottenham as long, game. I, I think as long as went. Van Dijk's fifth, I don't think there's many teams that are a threat. I know. Do you know what? I, and that's uh, that. That's. <coughs> And that's not being wor- like I'm overly worri- cocky. It's just I'm never worried about teams scoring past us. You know, the Tottenham he? game. It, it was more the harassed Tottenham in the area. It was like they had three men, and he would, I think one of the goals was scored by a save and a rebound. It was what with a high down. press. No, I mean they were, they were sort of putting balls in the box and, and players outside the box for when Spurs cleared it, they were right back in. You know, yeah. it was everything was going round the box like an old school nineties long ball. Yeah, high, yeah, but yeah. that suits that suits Van Dijk, doesn't it? Mm. It's, if I, it's like. Team start when we had Sammy Ipia and we were playing the likes of like Barcelona in the UEFA Cup and all that. They try and break us down, they weren't breaking us down. The moment they started going on, I was like, Yes, we're gonna do it. And it, it, it feels the same now. If anyone resorts to going on, like, I'm quite comfortable. Question for me is can Liverpool break Burnley down? Um, yes, for me, yeah, more so at all. Okay, I think, I think it could be. It could be a similar performance to the Watford performance, and we we could just run them off. But would again, you play the Watford team? Would you bring Milner in, or would you go Kater, or would you go Shakiri? I don't. I wouldn't go Shakiri just for the reasons we've said in the past. He, he seems to be more of an impact player. Um, I kind I kind of want to see Kater, but only on the basis that I just want to play him into form. Yeah. But it's a bit risky in the fact that if he has a, if he has another stinker, and then you find yourself sixty minutes nil nil, the, the fans start then getting a bit. A bit on the team, well, not on the team's back, but you still start feeling the anxiety, and that that's what worries me about about bringing Kater in now. But as I say, I, I half want to see him. Yeah, I, I want him to play. I, 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 I want I want Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Kater. That's what I want in the middle. I think Kater makes us more vulnerable. I've said it a few times, but um, and I don't got, disagree. But I, I, is this a team we have to worry about being vulnerable to? Well, slightly that's it. That's more th- vulnerable. That's another thing. Yeah, that, that's another side to it. it Am I, am I thinking too much about Burnley? You know, yeah. realistically, we should be we we we're, we're going to turn up to this game. We should and be win. focused on what we do yeah. go forward. We're, we're going to turn up to this game and win. Yeah, that that's how we should be looking at it. Klopp, for as much as we love him, if he approaches this game in a negative way, you're going to start feel he's going to he's going to start feeling the pressure from the. I fans. think he'll start feeling the the how, how annoyed yeah. fans are. Yeah, but for the first I time, just, I just don't think he, he'll approach it like that. No, you're going to see Firmino back in the starting lineup, aren't you? 
you're going to see that usual yeah. front three. You, at, at, I find it hard to think he's he's not going to play either for being or Wijnaldum. I think they're just yeah. for me the first first two in the midfield with another as of yeah. as I've said the last few weeks. So uh, <coughs> I wouldn't be too surprised if it's Milner to yeah. play with them. I'd be surprised if Henderson plays with them too. Yeah, um, the thing is, I just want to say, as say about I think Henderson. It might be I, I heard a lot of Liverpool supporters giving him stick after the derby. <sighs> Please stop it. It's not Henderson's fault. Henderson played quite well. He didn't have a bad yeah, game. He did, yeah. It's not his fault. He's doing what but he does. That worldy ball to Salah. Yeah, yeah, he's got that in the locker. He's yeah. definitely, he always has. But the thing is, it, it, it's it's the dynamic in in the in that midfield. Well, that, that's right, exactly it. it. I think if he plays, if he's playing Henderson, he's got to not play probably Wijnaldum. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's not it's not Henderson or an attacking player. It's Henderson or Wijnaldum, Wijnaldum or yeah, maybe I even agree. Henderson or Fabinho because they're both. Sixes, P- possibly, but I, I just. But you wouldn't you, drop. You can't drop. You wouldn't, drop, you wouldn't drop Wijnaldum either. No, I wouldn't. But I, I'd say if he wants to, if he wants to play Henderson, I'd, I'd rather it be for Wijnaldum than any of the others. Yeah, because Wijnaldum and Henderson, I can't put my finger on why, but they don't, they don't play great together. No, I, th- I think your point. You're making about Henderson there in a similar way. It's the same point I've been oh, making about Sigurdsson all oh, season. Yeah. Is that you know. People are having a go at Sigurdsson, and it, again, it's just that the balance has not been right. Mm. You know, they're expecting him to be taking the game by this broken neck. It's never been his game. It's been other players that aren't quite, you know, the kind of yeah, the countering what he doesn't do. If that, if that makes sense, yeah, that's it. W- with Henderson, it's like, well, if we play him, that that's sacrificing an attacking player. That that's how that's how the fans are looking at it. And do you know what's it? My head in we're in the pub and did as. In the last in the last uh, ninety seconds of the game, Henderson was proper rallying the troops. Come on, clapping and dead aggressive, trying to get everyone up for it. And people going, "You haven't got the right to say that." You and all that to him, as if because you're not putting a shift in, Henderson's putting a shift in. No one cares more than him. But I agree that that, that the balance is not right. If, if he plays. Yeah, but but again, it's not on his shoulders. It's not it's on his no. shoulders. It's, it's just Klopp. it's just a setup. Yeah, it's on Klopp's shoulders. It's, I, I it's, it's reverting back to them is, three. Is, is a lot of it with Henderson that some of your fans just want Van Dijk to be the captain? That's a big thing. I don't think you'd get half of the criticism you get if Van Dijk was the captain in, when he came in. I we actually had that question, didn't we? Quite 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 yeah, a while ago. And yeah. we said there's no I need to do it. I'm st- and I did. I wasn't an advocate of it. There's a wider role of being club captain than on the pitch. There's yeah. all kinds, and he enjoys it and he takes it on. Also. Van Dijk's playing so well that why suddenly put pre- that mm. pressure on his shoulders? Yeah. But I'm starting to think now. I'm changing my mind on it. I, if if Henderson wasn't the captain, he'd get he'd be more relaxed. I'll be honest. Van Dijk could have ten players on his shoulders and yeah. still be, still be <laughs> playing best than most. I, I think one of the ma- one of the biggest issues with with Henderson as captain is because he's followed Gerard. I just I think it's the he's narrative never though, Gary, is that he plays because he's captain. Do you buy that? No, because he's. he's Klopp's got to play him because he's captain. If he wasn't captain, he wouldn't. Put, we wouldn't have no, that. No, because worry. you see how many games you've seen him not playing it. Yeah. I don't. I don't agree with that at all. No, I just I think. I just think from the off, whoever was going to be made captain after Gerard went, was just going to be in for a lot of time unless we won the league early doors, yeah. and they would and they were a pivotal part of it. And because of it, because it's been entered and he plays in a similar position to Gerard, he, whether whether people like to admit it or not, he gets compared to him. And he's not the same player. He's never been the same player, and he's never gonna be the same player. Going back to the game, anyway, um, looking at the new, uh, I was comparing your forward line to, to Newcastle's earlier on in the sense that they've got you know t- two, maybe three quick forwards. I mean, Rondon's not the quickest, but that's been their their threat in, in recent weeks. Burnley played Newcastle away the other week, and 
I watched like the extended highlights of that game in Newcastle. It, it wouldn't have flattered them to have won that game five nil. They won it two nil, but they won it just by playing forwards quickly, getting in behind them, and they got him. They got him behind them with ease. I, I think you, Palace go the same way as well. Yeah, you've also just done them. Absolutely. So, so you'd think that's the way to go, it, and it, it does suit. Yeah, your, I haven't seen loads of them, but it seems to me, looking at the results alone, it, it looks to me that they struggle against pace or, yeah. or quick counters. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I mean, look, the, the teams they got results against, um, Burnley, sorry, so Burnley, yeah, Burnley, Brighton, um, Southampton, they got results against Tottenham, albeit it was Harry Kane's first game back and it was a bit of a strange game, mm. if you, I watched that one live on, on, on Sky mm. at the early kick-off, but um, no, you're right there, Phil, it's pace that you struggle against, didn't you I would did, think. Didn't that kill your bet, the early kick-off? Yeah, yeah I think it killed <laughs> 90% of the nation's <laughs> bet A lot of well. accumulators went down on yeah. that one, yeah. Never so back the early game. No, it, it doesn't matter who it is, does it? it always kills you. Go on, so Phil, on then, lads. nails to the mast, uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I do think... <laughs> nearly colours to the mast. Yeah, the mast. Nails to the mast. I think after the uh, criticism that Klopp and the team have come in for, I think we are going to be a lot more adventurous and more attacking. We better be. And I think if we do revert back to that, it'll be more similar to what we saw at Watford. So I'm going to say 3-0. Gary? I've gone the same scoreline, 3-0. I'm usually, in these games, I, I'd be more tempted to go 4-5-0, but... Just with the way we've been lately, I, I don't think we'll get that many goals, but I still think we'll... Just the three. Uh, yeah. With the predictions <laughs> in mind, I might, I might go four then. Just <laughs> the mind yeah, game. Just the mind games continue. Teddy's also gone 3-0 for the Reds as well. And we didn't say Craig's before and uh, for the Everton game. Craig's gone 2-0 to Everton. Okay. That brings us to the end of the show. Confident Reds, and I've gone for an Everton win. Judgey's gone for an Everton draw. Judgey, before we do move on, you're on Radio City on Thursday again with Terry. Yeah, myself and Terry, yeah, it'll obviously be a... A show I expect dominated by the the derby fallout, um, but we'll we'll obviously also be looking forward to the respective games the weekend. So yeah, they stay five till six. Yeah, five until six. So it's the, the drive time show if you like. So if you're in the car, throw us on the radio. Th- there are songs in there as well. I, I mean, probably sounds naive of me to say this before. You know, it wasn't as as big a fan of City Talk as as I am mm-hmm. now. Um, when I first started listening to the shows, I was like, I thought it was just talking all the time. There's some class tunes, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, they have like the yeah. Be- a, lot of the, a lot of the Beatles stuff and a lot of the old, you know, yeah, indie yeah. indie tunes. So, that, yeah, there's some some class songs in there. So, if you, if you don't really like the sound of our voice for an hour, then it is a good listen. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if you're sick of Gary and, and Phil, Terry's on Thursday. Let's <laughs> give the Red, the red Zarby pre, uh, review. So, don't yeah. forget to catch that on Thursday. And we're back next Monday to review the games. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Enjoy the football. See you then. 